Welcome to the humbled hopefuls of the world, the sincere seekers out there, and to all those who are still becoming. This is the Wrong Conversation Podcast. I am David Peters, and joining me as always is my dear friend and fellow personal coach, Adrian Fiorucci. This episode is a bit unique in that it was inspired by a random bit of dialogue in a movie by the 1960s band and TV personalities, The Monkees. If you'd like to stay informed about the show and when new episodes are launched, and as well as maybe even get some bonus content and insights, please sign up for our mailing list by clicking the Stay Informed link at the top of our website, thewrongconversationpodcast.com. If you're someone who likes to watch, you can find the show on YouTube as well. We are glad you're here, and we hope you find some value in this conversation. With all that, let's get started. Let's play a little game of true or false. Consider this statement. Everyone is where they want to be. So what do you think? Is that true or is it false? That's where we're taking the conversation today on episode six of The Wrong Conversation. So the story of um, everyone is where they want to be came from a friend of mine decided to introduce me to uh, a movie made by the band The Monkees. They were a band from the 60s, but they were more of a fictitious band made for TV. Toward the end of their run, they made a movie, and that movie was called Head. It, and it's it's kind of like a whole bunch of like tiny little vignettes. It's like a yeah. it's a story woven together from a million different scenes. But in one of these scenes, they are sucked out of someone's hair because they're dandruff. They get sucked <laughs> out of someone's hair as dandruff and into a giant vacuum cleaner. Okay, and as they are in the vacuum cleaner, they find themselves in in the vacuum cleaner and they want to escape but the only way to escape is to climb back up to the hose that sucked them in to climb out the hose but they can't reach it so they have to stack on top of each other so they start to quickly figure out who's going to be where in the stack who's going on the bottom who's going on the top and so one of them says i'm the tallest and the strongest well i'm the tallest and the strongest and so the other one says so you go on the bottom and then he says why am i always on the bottom and then, and that's Michael Nesmith. And then Peter Tork says, everyone's where they want to be. Everybody's where they want to be. <laughs> and for <laughs> and some reason, as I'm, and, and it's a throwaway line and a throwaway yeah. scene and a throwaway movie almost, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> but for some reason, when I heard him say, everyone's where they want to be, I asked myself the question, is that true? Yeah. Now, the next line after that, is that one of the other monkeys is in the vacuum. He says, that's a particularly inept thing to say, considering that we're in a vacuum cleaner. That is a particularly inept thing to say, Peter, considering that we are in a vacuum cleaner. (laughs) Right? Like, do we want to be in a vacuum cleaner? (laughs) Right. Right. Right? So then that adds a little more. It's like, okay. (laughs) Somebody was doing some serious. Yeah. Anyways. (laughs) So so the so the question got into my brain it was like a little seed planted is it true is everyone where they want to be mm. and so here and, we have uh, now we've arrived everybody's where they want to be yeah. how well, does it so feed into I'm, your coaching well that's, or am that's I jumping the, the gun yeah. no 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 that's a perfect question because yeah. because what do people 
why do people call coaches?、Mm. Right? I want to be somewhere else, or I want to take myself somewhere else. I want to do something new. I want something. And、yeah. I, would, I would like some help to get it. Right? That's why someone comes to a coach. I want to go somewhere else. I would like some help. Right. And, and so, but I think of the first thing I usually say in coaching is well, if you wanted it, if you really wanted it, truly, you would already have it.、Mm. Everyone's where they want to be. So the question you is. You actually say that to people? Yes. Yes. Okay. Maybe not、What's、that direct. What's the response、directly. usually? Click. Well,、no. <laughs> yeah, dumbfounded disbelief that I would say something so rude and, <laughs> and unempathetic. And, right? But、okay. there's a reason I say it. I, because I think that that is step one is to realize is that you, whether you understand them or not, you are making a series of choices that have brought you where you are. And you are not yet making the series of choices that is required to take you where you want to go. And there's a reason for that. Yeah. Yeah. And it hinges on the word want, I feel like. What is it you want? Really? <laughs> right? There you I, go. I, do you think? I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I, well, I, I think of it as well, you could have want, right?、Mm-hmm. I don't deny that somebody wants to be there. Oh, but sure. There's a, but there's Or, a big difference between having want and having enough want. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a, big,、uh, that's a big difference. It is, for sure. I, I think,、um, you know, a lot of times what, what, what we try to point out, if, if, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but is the fact that、um, people aren't realizing. The little satisfactions or the little, the cheap little things that I like to say, you know, that you're getting from being where you are. In other words, even if it sucks in some ways, right, there's some sort of payoff, some little cheap reward that you're getting from that, whether it's that you're not taking the risk because then you don't have to, you can't fail if you don't take the risk, is one simple, you know, very straightforward way. Or that even in relationships, right, where it's much more nuanced. Right, this person's treating me the way I don't like, but there's something the comfort of being with a person and knowing this person, and you know, like the devil you know, sort of thing almost. Right, these are silly ways that, or maybe not silly, I shouldn't say that, but these are ways that this manifests, right? Like, like you're getting something for being where you are, and it's probably part of why you haven't been moving on. Does that make any sense? Well, exactly, what you're talking about is、yeah. the very simple pain pleasure equation, yeah. Yeah, right. right. So, yeah. so, a human being is kind of an if then machine, right?、Mm. If this, then that. At some、right. level in there, you're a computer crunching the numbers, right?、Mm. And the, the piece of you that's crunching the numbers is usually based on pain versus pleasure. You want to avoid pain and gather pleasure. And so, I think of it as that there's these scales in there. So,、mm. so for any question you pose yourself or for any choice you face, here are the scales. And All the different things in your life are weights on these scales.、Right. And so when the weights tip toward make the decision, go do it, you do it like clockwork, right? And I think what people are, who are coming to coaching or, or talking to us about what they want, but they're not actually doing it, right, is, is that they have want, but there are weights on the scales keeping them from doing what they think they want. Right. And some of the weights on the scales are these little benefits from not going 
right? From not leaving, from yeah. staying where oh, you yeah. are. And there, and there are many benefits, right? Sure. That you may not be that you may not be that conscious of, or that you may not be paying attention to, or that you may not respect how much they weigh. You know, this is the interesting. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna drop this because I think you should keep going right where you are. But I, I want to interject the fact that this ties into practically every single conversation we've had thus far because it it points out the benefits of pain. We hate it, but it's only when the scale tips. When, when what you're doing gets too painful, usually, right? Or not getting what you want becomes so, so painful, right? That that tips and you start to act or you start to pursue in a different way, right? You start to, you know, say, I don't want to be here, right? You know what I mean? Like, this isn't what I want. Yeah, like I said, the, the, the difference between wanting something and having enough want makes all the difference. Yeah. But the difference in the weights, just like scales, you can put one tiny yes, thing on it mm -hmm. and it tips it and and you know but once it tips you it's it's just as hard not to do the thing yeah. as it is as it was sure. to to do the thing before right and um yeah so and, and that that tipping is like that's when wants change into needs mm -hmm. right yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, there, there are weights keeping you where you are. Like, even if you want to be someone else or do something else or change something in your life, there are, there are reasons that are like those weights, right? Yeah. Sitting, yeah. sitting for stay the same. And like you said, there are some benefits, right? And one of those benefits, like you said, was just the power of what's already known. Yes. The unknown is a, is a weight of its own, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, because it's the unknown, right? So, like you said, better the devil you know, and there's a reason that <laughs> that saying exists. Yeah, it is. yeah. Because having want is a safe problem. <laughs> I love right? that. Perfectly said. Yes, yeah. It's that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Trying to get it is an unsafe problem because you're going into the unknown. You don't know if your want is a fiction. Yeah. You don't know if what you're imagining is on the other side of that wall is real or is re or could be real for you or who you're going to be when you get there. You don't know any of that stuff. No, right. <laughs> this is interesting. I'm going to throw a curveball immediately here. We're pretty quick. This, but but yeah. I don't know. It just popped in my head here as far as like, is it possible that the opposite is true too? That no one is where they want to be. <laughs> and why do I say this? Because maybe very few of us actually know what we really want. Ah, uh -huh. you see, so yes, can you feel that? Isn't that interesting? I, I, it's just like, I, and I think this is part of the job as a coach to help somebody decipher these things a little bit. You know, not even to put the weights one place or the other. You know, I remember we said this about marriage. Like, I'm not here to save your marriage. I mean, I, I couldn't do it if I wanted to. I'm not, I'm not a savior. You know what I mean? But, but we're here to just evaluate. We're here to, to explore, so to speak, right? And, and so, like, do you really want this? Do you know what you want? It's part of the game, I think. Yeah, all the weights on those scales, we're not conscious of all those weights. Right, right. You can think of those weights on the scales as other wants, like you said, what is it you really want, right? Because yeah. there's a bunch of wants on those scales. And there's, and, and like you've said before, uh, the quote, man's name is Legion. Mm. There's lots of yous that it want different things. Yeah. Yeah. There's lots of different 
personalities within you that are all vying for power, that all, or not power, but dominance or some sort of uh, control or something, control, right? They're all seeing yeah. who's going to win this decision. Right. You know, is it this part of you or this part of you? And they all have the power to put weights on those scales, but not all of those things are conscious. So what's tricky, and, and why I say that to people at the beginning, that, that everyone is where they want to be, is to just obliterate this notion that, that first of all, they even know what they want. Yeah. That, because yeah, most of their point, wants right. are hidden. They're like, like uh, again, my wife's uh, metaphor of the mystery box. We're all right. a mystery box. Mm-hmm. It, it's murky down there. It's foggy in there. And we don't know all those weights that are on the scales. Right. And it's way more complicated than I, I want this versus I don't want this. It's it's like you said, what are the benefits of not getting it? It's right. it's facing the imaginary unknown versus the very real grounded known. Right? It's it's which which of those wants from those different personalities are hidden from you that you don't even realize oh, are yeah. there. Or that you do know are there, but you're kind of undervaluing how strong they are. Because you haven't spent the time to become aware. Sure. Yeah, you're. Well, you know, you know what's popping in my head too is is some. I'd say a good chunk, especially when I first started, you know, meeting with people and stuff. Uh, anyways, is that anxiety is a really big issue for for people, especially in this yes. day and age. I feel like it's a growing, you know, epidemic, if you will, and and. Um, what I ended up finding out, or what we ended up finding out together often, is that they, of course, they didn't want to experience anxiety, right? I mean, that, that's obvious, like they didn't want to. But at the same time, there was a couple of different things that popped up, not with everybody, but with many, that they, first of all, it's the devil that you know, right? So in other words, you get kind of used to, this becomes your persona in a way, Right. Like like I'm an anxious person. Right. It's it's sort of a it's and and it's a very widely accepted and understood thing these days. So it becomes a persona in a certain way. And then what if you weren't? Because, of course, this anxiety is keeping them from doing certain things. Right. From being able to do certain things to being able to living up to their full potential, you might even say. Right. But what if they weren't? What if they were to set aside? What if they were able to just get rid of anxiety, you know? They weren't sure that they wanted it because what does this mean? You know, like, well, it means now maybe I need to do this and then maybe I need to do that and maybe I'm responsible for this. And, you know, and so this was something that was able that was helping them kind of avoid all those things that they weren't certain of. Like, did they have the power to do or they does this make any sense? Like, uh, I, I really like, well, now I have to be responsible for this. Yeah. And I've never taken responsibility for that. And I don't know if I'm enough, right? Just I don't to get know back if to, I'm enough, no. Yeah. I don't know if I'm enough. And I don't, and as soon as I you say- watch that video. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Please go back and watch the previous video. <laughs> right. I am not enough. Um, yeah, the unknown is, a, is, a, is, a, is an unsafe problem. Mm-hmm. It's an unsafe problem. And like you said, it's, uh, even though anxiety is uncomfortable, or, or want, want is uncomfortable, right? Yeah. Wanting something is uncomfortable, but it's, but it's safe because it's known. And like you said, it, it, everyone understands anxiety. Everyone, it's, it's not only that it's a safe problem for you, but it gives you something to say to everyone else. Yes. Right. 
right? I am anxious. I want this. I'm chasing this dream. I'm after this. It's like a social lubricant. It's like a, <laughs> yeah. It, it's like an easy thing to say to a crowd, right? It becomes your identity, not not it just what you identity. are, right. but what right. you want becomes your identity. Yeah. Yeah, and um, say that again. It, I missed it. I'm sorry. What you want can become your identity, just as much yeah. as what you think you already are. Yeah, yeah, okay. Right. We talk about, you know, I talk about musicians. It's, it's like, you know, being a musician or an artist can be an identity, but wanting to be one can be just as compelling an identity as well. And, sure. And then, and then you can get so used to wanting to be one that when it comes time to be one. It's safer to just want to be one. Yeah, of course. <laughs> right? Yeah. As soon I, as I, it's time to get up on stage and like put yourself out there, it's like, well, I'd rather go back to just wanting to be an artist. <laughs> That's yeah, a safe right. place for me. Yeah. 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 I think you experienced that a bit. Not even the stage part. I don't think you had any problem with that. Not that I ever experienced but or saw. But even when it came to like, I'm here signing with a label... And okay, David, we're gonna sign you. We want to sign you, but you have to do this, and you have to do that, and you have to do this, this, this. And you were like, I, I don't know if I want it this much. Right? I think you already said this once in a video too. But why? Well, I, I think true? you just put your finger on something through that little story about me. Is is you may not want it that much, right? Because you have to. It comes down to this, and this is the way my wife put it. Yeah. Are you willing to pay for it? Right? Do you want it enough to pay for it? Because there's a trade-off and there's cost. Right. You have limited resources. Are you willing to pay for it? And so that's what happened to me. I, I spent my life wanting to be a, a songwriter out in the world. And I took it far enough to be in with a label signing papers. But then all of a sudden, I have papers signed and, and I'm just waiting like, okay, so when's all the, op you know, when's everything come? When's the money start the pouring in? <laughs> yeah, well, the only thing that came was a new list of obligations. Yeah. That were harder than what I was already doing. Right? I, it's not quite that simple. That story's complicated where, where it, was, yeah. it was, wasn't all me that I didn't do it. But, but even after, so even after deal one kind of that company just kind of folded for me. This is just a, a just backstory is that, yes, I signed a contract. Yeah, yeah. That label didn't release anything. Then that label no longer existed. So then there was label number two that I had a meeting with. This was an even more exciting opportunity for me. And, I, and they said, we will sign you. What you have to do is organize a European tour with a band and do all that. And I'm just barely, I was living in London, just, you know, right. so this is a London-based uh, label. But I'm living in London as an American. I've got no money. I, I, I'm a, I'm an sure. artist trying to play some gigs, sneaking some cash on the side, just trying to, like, record some people. But I wasn't even really allowed to properly be working and all that, you know, like, yeah. it was so complicated. So, so it's like, here's everything you wanted. Here's everything you said you wanted for 10 years or more, more than 10 years. Do you, here it is. Go do it. I wasn't willing to, like at that yeah. point is when I started to say, I'm not willing to pay the price. So having want did not equal enough want. Right. And it was surprising to me when it happened. Yeah, right? I remember that. Sure, yeah. It was yeah. just surprising. A little disconcerting like, oh. even, probably. Well, because your whole identity is tied right. to what you want. I've right. my, my identity was what I was chasing. Mm -hmm. So here you are. Here's the opportunity for what you're chasing. Are you willing to take responsibility for it? Whew. 
I don't, yeah. I don't think so. But now what's my identity? Oh, yeah. Who am I? Did, who who am, am I now? You scrambled probably for <laughs> Which is a much less safe problem, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So, so the first run out with the first label, uh, there was enough like that they said they were going to do that they weren't doing to allow me to avoid that question. Because right. sure, there were things I was supposed to be doing, but they also weren't doing their part. And there right. wasn't. So right. I was still able to stay in my world of safe want, blame, blame the world for Being me not victim, having right? what I, yeah, right. for, yeah, yeah, for me not having what I wanted. But then <laughs> at some point that got taken away and it's like, well, how much do you want it? And I learned something about myself I didn't know, which was I only want it this much, yeah, which isn't enough. But I spent my whole life thinking I did. That's a real turnaround. But oh, that, yeah. so that's why I start with that with coaching. Why people say, you know, I want this, but I'm not there. And I'll say something like, "Everyone's where they want to be." Or if you don't want it, or if you don't have it, you don't want it enough. Not yeah. yet. So. Right. But maybe you're right on the tipping point. Maybe you're right on the edge and you need just a little bit of help. So, so, what does, so what is the power of coaching? Like you said, we, do you even want it is, is question number one in coaching. Because right. at least half the time when we go exploring with people, I'm guessing, for, for me, when I go really exploring with people, they discover I actually don't want that. Sure, uh, often. You know... <clears throat> A lot of times what I'll do that's a similar sort of tactic is to say, I, you know, I want this, I want this. Let's say it was you and you want to be a musician. Okay, but if you don't get it, it won't be the end of the world. Like, you don't need this, right? And, and, but, but I want it. Okay, that's fine. But I'm telling you right now, you don't need it. And why I try to do something like that is to try to take that right off. You can't clearly look at whether you actually want it or not, unless you set that want aside for a minute. Does that make any sense? Which is what your thing does. When, when you say, you know, you're exactly where you want to be, in a way that blows up like you said, and now maybe, hopefully, they can look a little clearer. Like, mm-hmm. get rid of the whole thing, the whole want, uh, that you need this. Let's just, because that clouds everything in a certain way. You can't have a clear perspective. And clarity is essential if we're trying to assess whether you actually, where you are on this tipping thing, right? Like, you have to have some clarity. And it's hard if you're wrapped up in the want. Set it aside for a minute. That's kind of what I, you know what I mean? I would be trying to say to them, let's just look. Let's pretend it's not even you, <laughs> right? Like, let's just look at this. Why are you where you are? And what's the likelihood of, you know, this sort of story, right? Which is what you're talking about. You know, the term I often use too, when it comes to the tipping point, I like to say, and I've said this to people too, are you ripe? You know, because when you, like you say, it, there's a certain place where it's just going to fall off the tree and it's happening, you know, like it's, you're ripe. You're ripe. I mean, I know for me, every big shift, and I mean, well, bo- both, whether it's a physical shift, like I changed my, you know, occupation or I, you know what I mean, anything like that, or an inner shift, which I'm much more interested in these days, right? Either one, though, I was ripe. You know, whether it was life had set up the circus, the dominoes, right, or whatever, but that, that quite often I feel like uh, is the thing to look at. Like this is part of what we're, we're evaluating. How are the scales? Are That's you right? Yeah. I love it. Are you right? Because that's one thing that you do as a coach is assess and help them assess how ripe they are. 
right? right. So you, you're trying to assess it. You're trying to help them assess it. How ripe are you? And if right. you're not ripe for your stated goal, what are you ripe for? Exactly. Because there's a path. Maybe there's a path to your stated goal. So maybe you don't need to jump from here to there right away. Maybe you're ripe for this today. Right. Which is still on your way to where you want to go. Sure. Well, this comes down to the, this comes back to the maybe nobody's where they want to be. Because I think most people don't know what they want, right? You wanted to be a musician. But, you know, the truth is, or, you know, a a famous, let's just go there, right? (laughs) You know, a known paid artist who gets to pay, you know. Why? What did you you really want from that? You know, you wanted that, but why? That's just, what did you hope to get from that? Right? I mean, there's a list of that. That's closer to what you really wanted and very, you know, you want money. Not you. We all do, right? Or you want to be famous. What were you hoping to get from that? You know, all these sorts of things. These are much closer to the actual want that most of us don't actually uh, pay attention to. I think they're there's below a big, the surface. There's a you big know. difference between goals and strategies, hmm. and we often mistake the two. So, yeah. one of the uh, when I was doing my training, my coach training, there was yeah. an in-person part, and one of the exercises they had us do was, um, okay, you're going to become a life coach. Uh, write down your goals for the next year. And then, uh, so we wrote down, okay, I want to have this many clients, I want to be making this much money, or I want to have a a podcast and a YouTube channel, whatever it is people wanted to do. They're writing down their goals. And then they asked, well, okay, write down, once you achieve this goal, how are you going to feel? Let's really envision this. How are you going to feel once you've achieved it? Trying to get you ramped up. Okay, I'm going to feel, my answer was actualized, Mm. meaning I'm going to feel like I'm actually living up to some sleeping potential I I have. I know I can yeah. do this and I know that I'm underused. I'm underusing myself. And 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 so maybe if I have X amount of clients and a coaching practice, I will be actualized. <clears throat> so then we did that and then they said, "Okay, everyone look at their answers. The feeling that you wrote down, that's your goal." Yeah. Becoming a coach with X amount of clients is your strategy. Yeah. Learn the difference. Beautiful. And that blew Beautiful. my mind. Yeah. Right? So, so that's what you're saying. Uh, you wanted to be a musician. Why? Right. Right. Right? So, uh, you know, it, was it about the music, you know? Or what was it about? And those are questions that I don't know that I had, or that anyone I know who wants to be a musician really <laughs> answers. Sure. They just feel a calling to do a thing. They're, they're drawn toward it like I was. And the, and, the, and the calling is very strong. And so you you follow your heart. <laughs> yeah. But your heart is a lot more complicated than we than you give it credit for. Right? Well, there's all these hidden weights. As we, as, you know, there's, there's all the hidden all weights on the scale. The legion. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and you also don't realize how how all of these weights and all these little decisions, like they're all, they're also connected to each other. Yeah. Where, where one decision pulls on another and, and there's all these wants hidden out there in the murky, swampy fog land of your mystery box. And you pull <laughs> on one thing that's on the surface, but it's actually pulling on something that's underneath. You don't understand. And, uh, yeah, I, I think that, um, 
you started to talk about what coaching does is it, it kind of invites people just to go figuring out, is this what you really sure. want? And that's, I really liked how you said that uh, sometimes you have to put the want aside to even realize if you want it. I hadn't thought about it in that way, but I, I think that's genius. Oh, yeah. I, that's a big thing for me personally. Like, um, yeah. you know, I was just explaining this to my son a little bit. We were talking about meditation, actually. I was teaching, you know, sharing some of that with him. And part of what you do in, med like, at least in my school of meditating, if you, will, if you want to call it that, would be to, um, you're not there for any reason. Get that out of your head. Like, like when you sit down to meditate, you're not trying to accomplish anything. Because if you try, if, if the moment that you're trying to accomplish something, you're not going to be able to actually see what's happening. Because to me, a big part, and definitely part of why I was sharing it with him, to me, the big part of meditating is to, is, is to experience, is to investigate the inner world. You're sitting there quietly watching what's going on with your mind, right? Mm -hmm. But if you have a goal, an intention behind that, you're going to be focusing on that. And it's going to cloud some of what you're actually experiencing or witnessing, if that makes any sense, right? So... Be Go ahead. No, no. Yeah. No, because what is focus? Again, we've talked That's about this it. before. Yes, what is we focus? It, uh, it, yes, it's exactly. focused on one thing at the expense of everything else. It inevitably you, means you have, yes, shut out. And if things. you want to solve a problem, if you're just focused on the problem, you can't see what surrounds the problem. But the, the answer is in what surrounds it. Like you have to, this isn't quite what you're saying, but yeah, go for it. It's kind of what you're saying, but, but so I'll One tell of you if it's what I'm saying, okay? Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> I know your mind. I know all your weights. Um, one thing I think whenever I'm devising strategies for myself is that, that I know that if I'm going to reach a goal, I have to punch past the target. It's a martial mm. arts thing. Like you see the karate mm -hmm. guys breaking the board. And, and why do all the newbies not break the board? They break their hand instead. Because they're hitting the board and they're stopping their punch. Mm. Because they're focused on the goal of breaking the board. Interesting. But, but the I goal is this. the end. This is a great metaphor. Yeah. But you have to punch through the board. You yeah. have to punch a few inches past the board. And and so it's the same with any goal in life. You have to, you have to have a higher goal in mind than the goal you actually want to achieve. You have to be I working agree. on the next order higher problem than the one you actually want to achieve. Yeah. Because only from one order higher can you actually encapsulate the problem that you're trying to solve, which is the only way you'll see the solution. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so this is great. I love all this. You know, just for the sake of people who don't know, you know, I spent a great deal of my life as a general contractor, right? So when I would teach people skills, like, like I would always say, look, we're shooting for perfect. You can't shoot for good because if you shoot mm -hmm. for good, you'll end up with something like mediocre at best, right? You shoot for perfect because you're going to end up with good. That's just how it works. You know what I mean? Like you can't, you got to kind of shoot, just like you're saying, you kind of kind of shoot to the next level above. This is sort of something we said about uh, uh, marriage, right? Like, like that person that you're, that you're attracted to probably has certain skills that are a little bit above you because they're helping pull you up and vice versa. You have certain skills that are helping pull them up, right? You know, yep. I think it's, I think that's a very relevant point. The other thing about that, about, about what I see, what you just, what you just talked about is also something that I think is incredibly important. It's something you and I have talked about a lot 
It is the compass. It is the direction, right? Like, so in other words, you're trying to see through the board. So you're trying to hit past the board. That is the real goal. That, so what are we saying in this conversation? How does this address you are where you want to be? What do you really want? Get in touch with that. That, the real want, because that becomes the North Star. Like you said, the strategy is not, the goal is the North Star. The strategy is how you're getting there, right? And that strategy can change. That's why that difference is, yeah, that's why that difference is so important. That's why that was such a mind-blowing, such a simple but mind-blowing little exercise was was because, because understanding the goal that the goal is not the strategy is punching punching past your target. Well, I think this also comes back to the goal, as I was stating it, or the strategy versus the goal, which is to say um, that if it's done right, no matter what you discover, there's a gain. You know, you've learned something, right? Like the failure leads to success sort of scenario, right? No matter what happens, that, that's the beauty. And, and if you have somebody helping you do that, I think it, you can tend to get to that place maybe even a little faster, you know, that realization that no matter what happens here, whether I decide I don't want, because that's the thing about understanding what you really want too. What you really want is some experience, right? Like, like I don't even mean experience. What I believe, I, by the way, I believe we all want the same thing, David. So I'm going to go there for a second. <laughs> I believe we all want freedom. And I don't mean, you know, you know, some political thing, but freedom, like a deep sense of freedom. I believe we all want to experience joy, right? Have a sense of peace about our life. I mean, these are simple things. This is what we really want. So if we're going about it by trying to become a musician, let's say, and if that happens and we can find that freedom and that joy, wonderful, right? <laughs> the chances are, though, you're going to need to do some refining. But and then if it fails, the strategy is to figure out how can I gain more freedom, more joy, more peace from that experience, from that failure, if you want to. Does that make any sense? Like you said, there's going to be mistakes, there's going to be failures. And, but but the knowledge you learn just from trying it is can be so much more valuable because then that knowledge can apply to so many other things. You get to know yourself. You get to know the weights on those scales. That's more what I'm trying to say. No matter what, yeah. if that is the ultimate goal, freedom, joy, yeah. peace, you're going you're gonna to attain those things by knowing yourself. Know thyself. You know what I mean? So, And that doesn't matter what happens because inevitably you're learning more about yourself. So inevitably yeah. you're, you're approaching, you're getting closer to the goal. I know, you know what I mean, right? So that, that's, that's where I would always be pointing people personally. Well, that is, that is freedom. I think the more you, you know yourself, the more you yeah. know about the weights on, on those scales, yep. the more ability you have to move the weights around on the scales. That's right. <laughs> right? So, so, it's, it's, so it's, you know, internal freedom equals external freedom and freedom equals going in and seeing what the weights are doing on those scales. Seeing what right. you really want and yeah. being willing being willing to accept that it's not what you thought it was. Right. Or that it is what you thought it was, but that you that you've got somewhere to go, right? Yeah. <laughs> that, that you've right, got something right. to work on. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know that Mar- I think it's Mark Twain that says something like, um, uh, it ain't what you don't know that kills you, it's what you think you know for sure that ain't true. Or something like that. that. That's yeah, yeah. Do you know that quote? That's a great quote, and this is like that sums up what we're talking about a little bit too, right? 
You yeah, think you know that what to you yourself. Want. Yeah, yeah exactly. apply that to yourself. What do you think you know for sure that's not true about that's yourself? Right. Yeah. That to me, that's coaching. Like that's the power of coaching in a nutshell, right there. I agree. I agree. We go exploring. We use a conversation. You know, we try to have an elevated, exploratory, a guided, exploratory conversation. It's filled with questions that either you haven't wanted to answer, or that you haven't ever thought to ask. Right. Right. So, so that you have to ask them, so you can go exploring, so that you can get to know yourself. Right. So that you don't. <laughs> accidentally or naively kill yourself in the you know because yeah. you didn't know yourself yeah right. you don't you don't sacrifice what you could be needlessly yeah this makes me think about our little intro thing right i mean so that you don't waste tremendous amounts of time energy missing the deeper point yeah you know like that that's what it ends up being right like you you can it, it and in a certain way we know that none of it's a waste but you know, sometimes getting a little guidance can help you shorten the learning curve, so to speak, right? It can cut down on some of that stuff. Yeah. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I don't want to derail the conversation, but I think we have to address this. I, I was thinking derail. about this. Okay, you ready? Derail away. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> yep. And I really mean this could, this could do that. Uh, but I think, so I'm contemplating this conversation a little bit prior, and it popped in my head that we are two white men have, that have a pretty good standard of living, honestly, discussing this topic of everyone is where they want to be. And there's some danger in that, potentially, especially if we don't have the guts to address it. <laughs> now, I don't want to get into some big political conversation or anything like that, because it could fall into that. But how do we rectify the fact that some people's lives are really, really tough. And, and it's hard to say that's where they want to be. Well, that's what, that's what, even in the movie, even in the monkeys movie, that's what Mickey meant. That was the last line. That's a particularly inept thing to say, considering that we're in a vacuum cleaner. Right. <laughs> right. So that's why I think those two lines were so brilliant in that movie, even though they were throwaway lines and throw, you know, yeah. But everyone's oh, where they want to be. There's a lot of truth in that. That's a particularly inept thing to say, considering that we were just sucked into a vacuum cleaner. That's also a yes, true thing to say. I see it. So, so the world happens to you, and that, that doesn't have very much to do with you all the time, right? Mm -hmm. you, you are, like we said, and, and you are not enough. There's a lot of things about you that aren't your fault. Right parts of your temperament, your interests, the the world you were born into, you know, your strengths, your weaknesses, a lot of this is not up to you. So it's not your fault. You are you are born into them. And uh and so that's the world happening to you. Right? That's the it's inept to say that considering in our vacuum cleaner. Right. And then there's the other side which is you happen to the world, which is the everyone's where they want to be. Yeah. Okay. So both things are true at the same time. The, the question is not which one is more true, because we can have that debate forever and no one will win that debate. Right. The question is, where do you put your focus? Right. Because it's absolutely true that, that, that uh, 
that people have easier circumstances, some people have horrific circumstances, and that everyone's not where they want to be. I mean, if someone's imprisoned or enslaved, <laughs> it's not where they want to be. Right. Right? But the reason I think why coaching and, and why I focus more on not the, not what hap- not the world happening to you, but you happening to the world, I focus there because, well, that's the world where you can do something. Of course. The side of that the world happens to you, it's like, okay, uh, you can empathize with that. Of course. But you, but you can't change it, or you certainly can't go back and change it. All you can do is change your relationship to it. So I focus on everyone is where they want to be, because everyone chooses their response to the world. Yeah. I love those stories. I'm that oh, sorry, go ahead. Helps no, people more. No, no, just, just to wrap it up, just that that is what helps people more, regardless of what happened to them. Right. Right. Like so you acknowledge what happened to them, of course. But if you stay there too long, then then all you're doing is is reinforcing the fact that they're a victim of the world, which to some degree everyone is. Some way more than others, right? Yes. Some way more than others. One of the ways that I like to talk about this as far as let's say I'm I'm talking with somebody who's had some seriously heavy stuff happen to them or are are in a seriously heavy uh, situation and of course this has to even be timed properly you can't just you know necessarily lead with this right away but but i truly believe this in my heart of hearts one because i've experienced it time and time again and two because i've watched it the reality of it work if you can open yourself to that and that is the greatest gift <laughs> that we are given as a human being which is that every moment is a new moment Every moment is a new moment. Now, it may, there may be a feeling of this weight of the past that follows along with you, but that weight will only ever be lifted, kind of what you were just trying to say in a way, if you acknowledge that this moment actually has the potential to be totally new, totally free, you know? And I think a lot of times um, some of this has to do with letting go of the story, whatever the story is. Now, you have to work through that. I mean, you can't just let it go, right? It's not such an easy set process. I mean, I know that I've had my own story. I think I kind of hinted at that last time a little bit, you know? Like, I've had some pretty heavy stories in my life that have taken a lot of work to work through. But that can only actually happen if I allow this moment to be what it is, which is a new moment, if that makes any sense. You know, it's a powerful, that's a powerful uh, reality, actually. That, that, that you can open to, you know. Well, and that comes down to, not to, not to bring it backwards, but again, that comes down to the scales. That comes down to the pain-pleasure equation. Yeah. Choosing to let it go. Mm. Even a horrific story can be a safe problem. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right? Who am I without this tragedy in my life? Yeah. Who am I without the right to complain about this? Right. Because you do have a right to, like, there are things that happen to people. They have every right right. to complain about it for the rest of their lives. It is true. Yes, you have a right to complain about this. But is that what you want? But is that what you want? Is that what you, is that who you want to be when it's all over? I, I got to be the victim my whole life. Or, right, or I got to start a victim and become something else. Right. 
And these right? are easy and, words. And I think that's, you know, these are easy words. These are easy words. But, yeah. And there's a million little decisions that have to be made. And each one of them requires moving the weights around on that scale. But, but I think it's really important to tell people, even who, who are legit victims of the world, oh, yeah. that being a legit victim of the world is a very compelling story. <laughs> there yes. are a lot of benefits that come with it. And not the obvious ones of just being able to complain to the world about it, right? To yourself. It's a really easy excuse for you to stay where you are. It's a very safe problem. Mm-hmm. But is that what you really want? Right. And nobody yeah, can answer that for easy. you. I mean, that's for you to decide. Yeah. Right? Well, people will, people will choose to suffer in little bits for their entire lives rather to risk a short unknown potentially bigger suffering that's that's shorter right they'll say well i know how to we said last night we we said whatever gets you through the night like yeah uh the john lennon song we talked in our last conversation i know how to get through the night i'm gonna get through the night right Right? but is that gonna get you through your life and a lot of people will choose the night over their lives over and over and over again. I think we all do at some level, actually, yeah. funny enough. I really do. You know, in some... No, of course. Yeah, right. Some smaller scale. We all do that. I mean, you know, there's always something well, more we, we to, could be doing. We could always be doing something better. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, but anyways, I don't mean to trivialize this because we're in a deep spot here that I think is important, by the way, to, to address. Well, we said that earlier about about, okay, can you, like... What are you ripe for? Mm. You may not be ripe for the whole picture all at once, right? Part of your part of the job is to figure out what are you ripe for? What are you ready for? What can you do today? Yeah. Right? Uh, you know, um, when I was asking my wife about the subject, you know, she she put put it together this way, um, and I think this talks to what you're saying, but. It's not a yes or no, all or nothing uh, question necessarily. It's, it's because she she's the one who said, are you willing to pay for it? What are you willing to pay for? Because you have to use your limited resources, your limited time, your, your limited That's bandwidth right. to address something. So what are you willing to pay today? Or how much can you pay today? What do you have in you to pay today? And, and so she just brought up the point that it's not like getting what you want versus not what you want. It's well, how much of that? There, there, there can be the nuance of how, how much of what you want are you going to allow yourself. And what you value, too, obviously, is what you're hinting towards, right? I mean, yeah. 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 So not all wants need to be something you get or don't get. It can be something that, well, do you need a little more of that? Do you want a little more of this? Right? There's this nuance of, of um, that you don't have to either want or not want and... You don't have to reach your goal to get what you want. Like there, there's a whole bunch of it's a sliding scale. I just wanted to kind sure. of point that in there. I think you found that too with music, right? It's not like you don't do music anymore because you day. didn't get the record deal, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you do it every day. I mean, you found well, that place. Doesn't mean I don't like to get my music out there. It just means that like I actually learned that it's more pleasurable for me to be in the position I'm in. Sure. Of course. That's a much better I, I place that. to be in for the rest of my life than thinking I wanted something I never got. Yeah, right. right. And holding on to that identity. And it was painful right. to let that go. Pain, painful. 
not painful compared to a lot of other things in life. <laughs> but meaning, meaning, <laughs> but sure. it wasn't my, it wasn't the, you know, it wasn't just like, oh yeah, whatever. It was like, okay, this has been my identity for 15 years. Let me put that down and try on being someone new. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, it was uncomfortable, but right. you know, we talked about those those weights, you know. And then we talked about, okay, some of the weights are hidden. Some of them you're kind of undervaluing. Some of them uh, you don't understand. Some of them are stubbornness. Some of them are like, like where you choose you don't want to do the work. Or oh, you yeah. don't want to change a certain thing about yourself. Or you don't want to, or you, or you have competing goals. Or, or maybe with music it was, well, here's a path to what you want. Do you still want it? Yes. I don't want the path. Right. Well, that's your stubbornness, right? Sure. You don't want it. <laughs> no, no, no. I get it. You know, to, to backtrack potentially here a minute too, or maybe not. Maybe it's a bring it home moment or point, you know? Um, and I know this verges on something else that we're probably going to talk about someday because I know you and I feel very strongly about this fact. But I think... That as a ray of hope, maybe, like say you say that you really feel like you want this thing, but your circumstances in life or your situation so far or your weights are just way too, you know, tipped the other way. And, and, and this thing that you want, whether it's just a better life in general or a relationship you can't have, whatever that want is, seems out of reach. Right, David? Because the weights just feel like you just weighted down too far the other way. One of the things that I think you and I've talked about many times that is helpful in knowing, knowing this is helpful when you're trying to do this, is that it seems like you got to take all those weights that are weighing you down the other way and get them on the other side so you can tip you right over, right? But the reality is that a small shift or a small event every day or every week or something like this, right? Taking one and placing it over there and taking a, a small shift given enough time, can be a huge change in your life over time again, right? Like, it doesn't require an all or nothing sort of deal. It's just not, it's almost never that way, period, anyways, right? Yeah, it can't be that way. But yeah, but, yeah, but all you need is, all you need is for it to weigh the tiniest fraction more. That's it. Let's go back to that point. Exactly, right. Like, that's all you need. And here's another thing I say in coaching is, Okay, so you want something, you don't want it enough to, to do it, so let's go digging around with the weights. Let's see what we can discover about the weights to see if we can move some weights. And, but the, and it might feel like you don't know what it's going to take to make yourself do that. But you don't know how close you are to that line where the scales tip. You never know. Right, right. Are you a million miles away or are you an inch away? Right, this has comes back down to how ripe are you, right? Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you no, can no. kind of sense it. But you don't somebody, always but, know that. That's what you're but saying. But you don't right? know. Yeah, you don't know. And, and you might be, uh, some people, some people resign themselves to endless want because they don't realize how close they are to making that choice. Yeah. Right? Even for themselves, like, I wish I could take this on in my life. I wish I could, like, I've always wanted to learn this skill or I've always wanted to travel here and... Ah, uh, but it seems too far for me. Well, it, it may be a lot closer than you think. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It also you might know, be a lot further away than you think. But but often it's just closer <laughs> it's than you think. And if you just do if you just move one little weight every day. You're closer. Period. Whatever whatever that distance is, you're closer. 
right? And it's, it's not just about a, okay. So here's here, this is a big this is a big point because it's not just yeah. about moving weights. Yeah, a lot of the weights on those scales are imaginary. Oh, of course. they are weights right. of the imagination. And one of the powers of coaching and asking yourself what you really want and going digging around in there or just digging around in yourself in general through meditation or anything, even forget coaching, but just going in there is that some of the weights you discover are imaginary. Yeah. Or they're so light, but you're putting lots of weight on them, right? So in other words, you start moving something and then all of a sudden you realize they just kind of evaporate on their own because they weren't as substantial as you thought. You know, I want to say this just to re... The first time I heard this notion, I think, or really, actually, probably not the first, but the time that it really sank in with me about this notion of it doesn't always, it doesn't take that much, right, of a, of a shift, yeah. was, uh, was when a spiritual teacher, I wish I could remember who it was, but I can't, said that if your life was 15% more happy, happier, right, or if you had 15% more freedom, all of a sudden, if you were able to just do that, you wouldn't even recognize your life. That's how different it would be. Yeah. You just don't realize that. Like, and so, because we think it needs to be 100% different or 50% different, but he was making the point, and I could just feel the truth in that. And first, too, because I had experienced it already, right? So I knew he was speaking truth because I'd already lived that. But he said it so well in that very succinct line, you know, if you were 15% more happy or freer or whatever, you know, pick the thing you want to be, right? You wouldn't even recognize your life at this point right now. I you said know? that to someone two days ago on a coaching call. Did you? Oh, cool. I, I hope it resonated like, how, with them. How can I get out of here? I, how can I survive long enough till I'm ready to leave this situation? Yeah. And and But then they were also saying how they had changed the situation a little bit through our work. You know, like cool. through some, they had applied something and then that actually made it better. And so then they were saying, okay, it's, a little, it's already a little better, but how can I still survive this until it's time for me to make the change? And, and I said, wow, it's, it's already better. Like... If you change yourself by, I said 5%, you change yeah. yourself by 5%, you won't recognize yourself. You change the situation by 5%, you won't recognize the situation. It's funny how that is. Especially given there is time. No, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. And there is no perfect. And like we said in the marriage, in the marriage talk, it's not about solving all your problems. You don't need to solve all your, right. all the dilemmas or hardships of marriage to make it a happy marriage. You just need to be making progress. If you're making progress in a marriage, it's a happy marriage. It's not right. that you've solved all of your differences. It's, it's that no. you're moving somewhere and 5% changes the marriage. And it's the same way in work. It's the same way in yourself. It's it like is. if you're making some progress, you don't even have to get what you want. But if yeah. you're on your way toward it and, and learning about yourself in the process and getting, <laughs> getting, <laughs> getting the goal answered instead of the strategy... <laughs> Right, right. Becoming more through the journey, right? Yeah, exactly. That's enough. That's enough. It is. It is. It's in a certain way. It's everything. You know, like in a certain way that you know. Again, you said this. I believe it was the very first episode, but maybe. And and it it just keeps coming up again because it's so true. It's not the end. The the means are the end. You know. Like maybe what? the ends never arrive, so all you're right. left with are the means. Are the means, right? Yeah. Where's the uh, besides death? Where's the end? Where's the end of right. your want? There's no right. end exactly. to it. There's no. Where, exactly. Where's the Where's the being a musician? You know, and, and then when you get there, it doesn't even matter, right? So it, it's right as you see, uh, the people who make it aren't necessarily any happier than I am. Right? No, quite often so, the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So where? So maybe the ends never arrive. 
you know? If your means are intact, if your means are moving you forward, if your means are fulfilling you, then the ends are just uh, the ends are just something to aim for. But it's the it's the journey, yeah. not the destination. All, yeah, all those course. cliches, exactly. but they're cliches for a reason. Sure, they are. There's a lot of truth in them. There's a lot of truth. There's a great deal of clarity that came with that. And you know, I feel like this segues into our next conversation quite well. I think it does. <laughs> Tell us. I, Tell I, us about well, it, Adrian. I think it will be interesting to explore in episode seven. Can you stop lying? That is going to be the discussion that we are going to uh, delve into in episode seven and the wrong conversation. And before we actually uh, end this, I do want to invite people to please, if you're enjoying these talks, these videos, to like them, to subscribe, to become part of the, uh, the team or, or the crew of, of people who, who voice their opinions or, or their, uh, their, express their voice, you might say, on the wrong conversation or what you think might be the right conversation, if indeed you think we are having the wrong conversation, David, <laughs> right? Please leave a comment, like the videos, and share your thoughts because they mean more than you probably could ever know to us and to the other people who stumble upon them. So I invite you to do that. And a, a quick note to everyone. If you're watching this on YouTube, this is also in the form of a podcast. You can find us That's on a right. podcast. If you're listening to the podcast, you can find us on YouTube. And so uh, there's more. There's, there's, there's more if you go look. Yeah, absolutely. You, know, you can find us in, in several different places. Yeah, so. yeah. Definitely invite you to do that. So... Next time, David, I'm going to ask you, can you stop lying? No. <laughs> well. Because I don't want to. <laughs> no, David, that's not why. But we're going to get into that next time. So, <laughs> well, as always, right. Dave, I love talking to you. Go be where you want to be. <laughs> okay, I'm going to do it. All right. <laughs> Bye-bye.